the Sunday Sermons Podcast. Firstly, I want to thank you all for being here. I know there's so many different things we could be doing right now. I could have all be sleeping in, but instead we chose to be here and start our week with God, and I just want to say that's an amazing thing to do. So last week, I was working at Smoky Mountain Christian Camp, and I got a lot of my fellow workers over here, and we were doing a Bible study with a youth minister from Farragut Christian Church named Kenny Schubert. And he said, he was explaining the best way to serve God. Now Kenny explained that we could serve best by serving others even if we didn't want to. Now I, I, I already understood that to a large extent, but what he said next really took me by surprise. Kenny was walking us through what we should do and how we should act if we encounter someone that really throws us out of gear. When we're working hard and we're tired, we're exhausted, and we're working really hard to serve this person, and then they just come and throw attitude our way. It's something you encounter any and everywhere. Now, I wanted him to say something like what I wanted to hear was to stand up for ourselves or to go on the defensive. What I really wanted to hear was go on the offensive. <laughs> but no. He said we should suffer. Suffer? Why the heck would I suffer when I'm working hard to serve this person and then they're just throwing it right back at me? It made no sense. But then I realized something. God didn't come to earth to serve only those who accepted it. He came to serve all of us, just as we are called to serve everyone. In fact, at some point, almost all of us resent God or even push back against Him. In fact, we all do. Anytime we sin or pursue our own desires or just relax instead of reading the Bible or pursuing God, whatever, we sin. In fact, we may as well be spitting in the face of God as He does the ultimate sacrifice for us. In fact, some of us literally did. Matthew 26, 67 says, And then they spit in His face as He was crucified. Yet He did it anyway for those exact same people. Now we're called to serve these people around us even if they don't accept it. Even if they don't deserve it. Even if that person's from a different country or a different race, a different political party, sports team, whatever it is. Even if we're resented for it. Now I have a friend from camp named Ty Jones. And last week during a separate Bible study he said this, my favorite part of the scripture is when God stops it with the parables and gives it to us straight. Now, I love that quote because I'm the exact same way. I love when God just gives us deep truths that I can dig into and say, okay, this is how it is right here. But God doesn't always do that. In fact, he gives us so many parables that we're supposed to break down and get many deep lessons for. So I'd like to invite Sophia to come and read the parable of the Good Samaritan for us, which is Luke 10, 25 through 37. Okay, so this is Luke 10, 25 through 37, like Caleb just said, and it goes, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he, said, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. 
So he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jericho to Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Thank you, Sophia. (laughs) Now, this story is really touching, but it's also heartbreaking. The people who are supposed to be the religious leaders are abandoning the man. Where the Levite, excuse me, where the Samaritan, who was complete rivals with the Jews, is the one helping him. In fact, Samaritans and Jews would often refuse to even look in the same direction as each other. Yet because the Samaritan was the one who chose to help him even at his own expense, he is called the neighbor to the man. Now, Jesus' story is the only story of total and pure sacrifice. However, I got very excited when John told me the character that he wished for me to speak on today. The character embodies the perfect image of what a godly neighbor and a godly friend is. That character is Samwise Gamgee. Now, I'm sorry if you haven't seen The Lord of the Rings by now, but it's been out for, well, today's Sunday, so about 20 years. And when the fellowship is formed, Sam runs out of the bushes to tell him that he's going to be joining whether they like it or not. Because that's what Sam's vision of friendship is. That's what his friends do. And in the story of the Good Samaritan, the other Jews pass right by. Whereas the Samaritan, who's his rival, is the one who helps him. Much like in the Fellowship of the Ring, where the dwarves and elves and different human nations all have their different views and disagreements and flaws, yet they put all that aside so that they can come together and get done what needs to get done for the greater good of all of them. So we must do the same thing And we've got to put aside our differences and focus on what needs done. The fellowship worked together to get past a Balrog, which is a giant monster, and orcs, and nature, until eventually they're forced to break apart. And Frodo seen how tempting the ring can be to all the other people in the fellowship. And he knows that he's the only one who can bear that burden. So he decides to go off on his own. And he starts getting in the river and he starts paddling away. And Sam sees this and he runs after him because he knows he can't make it by himself. The odds were against him when it was a whole fellowship and now it's just the two of them. But he goes in the river and Frodo's yelling at him to turn back because he knows he cannot swim. And he even begins to sink underneath the water only to be saved by Frodo's grasp a moment later. But let's watch a clip before I continue. Go back, Sam! I'm going to Mordor alone. Of course you are! And I'm coming with you! 
Mr. Frodo, a promise. Don't you leave him, Samwise Gamgee. And I don't mean to. I don't mean to. Now this is a great moment for several reasons. Firstly, it shows that Sam is willing to do whatever it takes to get this done and help his friend. Secondly, Sam knows that Frodo can't do it alone. They were almost doomed from the beginning when it was all eight or however many it was, I don't remember. And now it's just the two of them and they're hobbits, they're little people. They don't hardly stand a chance. They're not made for fighting. They eat eight meals a day. But he keeps going anyway. This is a great representation of what Kenny meant by suffer. Sam is trying desperately to help his friend and even drowning himself to get to make sure he does it. And yet Frodo is pushing him back. No, I don't want you to come. Stay. Most of us would have turned back. He doesn't appreciate me enough. They don't accept my help. But Sam pushed on. I'm going to get this done. He made a promise. God doesn't call us to serve only those who appreciate it. Only those who accept it. Not even those who deserve it. In fact, does anyone really deserve it? Could even the best of us hope to deserve any of what God's given us? The obvious answer is no. We're called to serve everyone as Jesus served everyone. Now, your bulletin says we are called to serve faithfully. But I like to say it a slightly different way, and it's not an actual word, but I like to say we're called to serve undeniably. Because no matter what, we're supposed to serve, whether we want to or not, whether we're giving up something we want, doesn't matter. We're called to serve. We're called to serve whether we want to at that moment or not. Now, Jesus himself went into the Garden of Gethsemane and begged God for a different way other than his death. He wept until his tears turned to blood. But at the end of all that, He concluded his prayer with, but your will be done, no matter what. Later on in the story of the fellowship, when they've gone through so much trial and they finally make it to Mount Doom, which is the only place they can destroy the ring. And Frodo drops. He can go on no longer. He's just so weak from carrying all from all the previous battles and carrying the literal epitome of all the nation's sin and temptation, he can go on no longer. And, and Sam is worn down. Sam has had to do the majority of the heavy lifting since they left. And he's rationed the food so that Frodo could eat, so hopefully Frodo can make it back. But Sam's been skipping almost every meal. Yet when Frodo can carry on no longer, Sam pushes on. Let's watch a clip real fast. Sam, I can't recall the taste of food. Not the sound of water. Touch of grass. 
that the temptation is so strong now that it's all he can see. And then Sam says, then let us be rid of it once and for all. Come on, Mr. Frodo. I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. <laughs> oh my gosh, God. How many times has God done that for me? How many times have I begged God to take it, that I just couldn't go on any longer, and God just picks us up and carries us. Because I'm still here. We're all still here. We're all still standing by nothing but the precious grace of God. Genesis 22 says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go into the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife as the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, he replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham! Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He, wished, he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, The Lord Will Provide. And to this day it is said, On the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies 
And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. God knew what needed to be done. And he also knew that it would take all of Abraham to complete it. So God filled in with a new sacrifice. Man, our Father loves to foreshadow. Jesus knew the weight of our sin would cause us to never be able to be with him. So he came to earth, took all of our sins upon himself, so that we may be joined totally and completely with him. I'd also like to make one final quick point. For a long time, I thought sin was just anything that God disliked. And I thought he sure is picky for a man who can do anything. But that's not it at all. Sin is anything apart from God. Meaning that if we choose to buy a candy bar instead of giving that money to the poor, or if we choose to relax or sleep in instead of going to church or helping someone, then we sin. Meaning that we sin so constantly that it's impossible for us to sin without God. Which means we absolutely had to have someone fulfill our end of the old covenant, which is to be sinless. Because not a single one of us could ever do it. Not the saints of old or Moses or Abraham or John Pryor or Billy Graham, anybody. Nobody could fulfill our end of the bargain except for the one who knew no sin, which was God himself. So he came to earth and limited himself in the body of a man so we may be joined together. Sam and the Good Samaritan are great examples of what it means to follow God, about how to serve others no matter what, about how we must put aside our differences, come together, and get done what needs to get done, no matter what it takes.